the family name that lives on. It's all that lives on. Not your personal glory, not your honor, but family. Podcast. I'm your host, Pippo Bassania, and today's guest is Ben Newman. Ben is an international speaker, uh, an author, and also a performance coach for the NCAA, NFL, and MLB. He's also helped co-author <coughs> Napoleon Hill's 17 Principles of Success, and is also featured on MF CEO podcast with Andy Priscilla. So, Ben, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Biffle, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you and your listeners. And I, I'll tell you that bio, that bio is not fair because you highlighted all the positive stuff you want people to hear, but it's really challenge and adversity that I've been through in my life that I believe gives me the opportunity to be with all of you. So I'm excited. No, same here. And, and I think you're a master in that space. And that's exactly the reason I wanted to, to bring you on today because you've said before in one of your videos and many times before that as well, that adversity is really what makes the story and what makes one person's story. And so uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, why, is, why have you found that to be the case and how, how has that created your story? Well, you know, we all go through challenge. We all go through adversity, but it's the manner in which we choose to respond to the challenge and the adversity that determines the story that we write. I've been dealing with adversity and challenge basically since birth. My parents were divorced when I was six months old. I never knew my parents together. My mother diagnosed with a rare muscle disease when I was five years old. She was given two to four years to live. I've dealt with issues with my father, issues with business. And I've just been blessed and fortunate to have mentors and coaches to help pick me up off that mat of life on those days that I did not want to do it. You know, those individuals, those mentors that helped me realize that success is our ability to get back up one more time than we've been knocked down. That's what it's all about. It's how we choose to respond to the adversity that ultimately determines that story. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it shapes you because by you trying one more time allows you to get to that next next step. And you, you're never going to know what that next step holds unless you have the the <clears throat> to actually move in that direction and try one more time. So give me, give me an example of or shed some light on a, a time when you've felt like, you know, everything just shut down on you and you know, you've been pushed to the ground and you've had to get yourself back up, but you really did not want to do it. Yeah, well, I'll share with you. My mom's diagnosed with this rare muscle disease in 1983. She boards an airplane and she goes to Boston. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I, I live in St. Louis. I've got my, my Jerry Rice jersey hanging from when we shared the stage together. But uh, I am not from San Francisco. I'm from St. Louis. And so my mom boards a plane in St. Louis and she flies to Boston and meets with a doctor named Dr. Martha Skinner. And so two hospitals in the United States treating the disease. And in Boston, Dr. Skinner tells my mom, you're only the second woman under 40 years old we've ever seen or heard of having this disease. And she gave my mother two to four years to live. So here I am, I'm this young boy, my mom, mother of two boys, my older brother's a couple years older than me. And my mother had to choose to respond. Well, how did she do it? She ended up teaching my brother and I life lessons through a journal that she left behind where she would write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with a disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. And it was those words and her strength that allowed her when we had 24-hour nursing care in our home when I was seven years old to make it to the dinner table with an IV stand every single night to ask me how my day was at school. And my mom passed on November 2nd, 1986. 
And on that date, she took the pen that she was writing with in that journal and she passed it on to my brother and I to continue to write her story. So I, I've literally had to see the worst of the worst with these two eyes before I turned eight years old. And then the challenge and adversity I experienced with my father when he moved back into that home, you know, life is tough and life is going to throw it at you. But that's my story. You know, everybody listening right now, you have challenge, you have story, you have a perspective or tough things you've been through. And there have been probably people in your corner, the mentors and the coaches there to pick you up off that mat of life to help you keep fighting. And it's a blessing that my mother had this positive attitude because she taught me how to fight. She taught me what it means to have conviction and she taught me what it means to have purpose in life. That's amazing to be, to be taught those lessons at, at such a young age, uh, even though, you know, you went through so much trauma, it seems like you've taken positives away from it. So how, 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 you know, going through that at such a young age, how does that then translate in, into those teenage years and then you going into your twenties and thereafter, how did it shape you? Well, so I, I think of one story. My, my mom receives a phone call from Dr. Skinner at the Boston Medical Center. And Dr. Skinner says, you need to come to Boston immediately. You're going to go through a list of painful procedures. You're going to have to wear Jope stockings around your legs, a mask to be able to go outside. And my mother hangs up the phone and calls her boyfriend, Alan. And she says, Alan, we're taking the boys on a family trip. And the boys like Chinese food, we're taking them to Chinatown. The boys like bowling, we're going candlestick bowling. And my mom immediately shifted her perspective to the positive. My mother was dying. She's literally dying. And she says, we're going to have positive memories and we're going to create a family trip. And I remember being five years old, sitting at the candlestick bowling alley in Boston. My belly was full from Chinese food because we'd already been to Chinatown. We'd finished our candlestick bowling. And my mother looks down at me and says, do you want to play hangman? And I'm five years old at the time. <clears throat> we pull out the hangman board and I draw the board and I draw my four lines. And my mother looks down and guessed my word without guessing a single letter. And I remember laughing and smiling. You know, I knew like 10 words at the time, right? I'm five years old. But the, the reality was, you know, my mom always found the positive. And what I learned from that, which I now share with coaching clients in the business and the sports world, it's called the power to reframe. When you face challenge and adversity, you have the ability to choose to stay focused on a positive solution. If you stay focused on negative, you get more negative. You stay focused on the positive, you drive more positive action. Amazing. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, you know, it's all, it's all a mindset shift, I guess, then, you know, looking at your situation, you can either look at it in a negative light and take away something that uh, is not going to serve you or ultimately something that can serve you and take you to the next phase in your life. So it seems like that's what you've done and you've, it, you know, gone from strength to strength because of that mindset. W would you agree? I, I definitely agree, but I do want to highlight, you know, I have not done it, you know, alone. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that I'm the, the, or one of the masters of overcoming adversity, the, the masters are my mentors and coaches. I've been blessed to have tremendous coaches and mentors in my life. They're, they're the masters. So I'm out here, even though you can read big things in a bio, I'm out here trying to get better every single day and navigate through adversity with the best of them. Yeah, I, well, I guess we're, we're all improving every single day to, to strive to the next level of ourselves. Um, but another thing that, that actually intrigued me about, you know, something that you said was that legacy is not something we leave for people. It's not something that we leave in people. And that it sounds so simple, but to me, that was profound when I read that. So can you shed some more light on that and what, what you actually mean by that? <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, for me, you know, a, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I'll just live my life and one day maybe I'll leave a legacy or people remember this. I think you're writing the story of your legacy every single day. 
And the more we can touch people's lives and the more we can serve, you know, you can help people write their stories and connect to what's important to them and stay connected to their purpose. There's far too many people trying to serve somebody else's purpose rather than spending the time to realize what's truly important to them, writing their story, serving their purpose and figuring out how they want to serve to write the story of their legacy. Because we all have the opportunity to impact every single day, but not everybody capitalizes on that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when did you first start, um, you know, feeling strongly about that message? Is it something that you've always thought about? Or is it something uh, that you've been thinking about as you've been going through your journey? Well, I mean, I could share with you that my connection to my mom and her passion for life and what I learned, I mean, that goes back. I mean, my mother impacted me so much. It, it, you know, some people, she passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday. And, you know, a lot of people say, gosh, how much could you remember? You were seven years old. But I, I have so I, I probably have more memories from those almost eight years than some people have in a lifetime. Right. And so for me, uh, it started at a very early age and it's just carried through. It's been an awareness that there's a bigger purpose. Now, when I graduated college and I was a paper broker and I was selling newsprint, commercial print paper all over the country, you know, it wasn't, that purpose wasn't as significant on a daily basis. And you know, I think we all go through through experiences. We all have defining moments. We all go through chapters of life. And where you are right now is not the end of the story, right? Where I am right now is not the end of the story. I hope I got hundreds of more chapters to write. So I think for all of us, it's at some point in time, you realize, here's my bigger purpose. Here's the bigger calling. But then you have to choose to go chase it down and beat down that door. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a, that's a whole different decision in itself because that just puts you in a different trajectory altogether, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, I mean, what was it like when you made that decision? Like, do you remember like literally your life before making the chase it down? And then once you were on that path? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you exactly the way that it was because people told me I was crazy and I'm, I'm going to share some things that I, I don't share to impress you or any of your listeners in any way, shape or form. It's to impress upon the point. But I got hired to speak for the first time in 2006. So let, let me, as much work as I do in the world of football, let me call it a little audible, right? So let me take a step back and then I'll come back to the story. A lot of people think like, oh, I want to become a speaker and you just start speaking. I've been doing this for 13 years. I'm in my 13th year of speaking, right? I remember when I used to get a coffee cup sometimes to speak, right? You'd be like, oh, what a great looking coffee cup, right? I mean, you know, sometimes you'd get paid a fee, but you didn't always get paid a fee. So people forget no matter what you do, it's going to take hard work and it's going to take hard work over long periods of time. But when I first started speaking, I was also a financial advisor. And because I had gotten off to a very fast start as a financial advisor, that's when my opportunity to speak started. <clears throat> so a couple years later, I was speaking all the time and I started to write books. So here I am, I'm growing these two businesses. I had full-time employees on my financial advising. I had full-time employees in this coaching and speaking business. And finally, you realize a point, why am I trying to control something that's not in my control? And I would wake up every day and I would say, God, whatever doors you open, I'm going to go through those doors and I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to, I'm going to take the opportunities that are provided and make the most of them. And the next thing you knew, a hundred percent of my time was spent speaking, writing, and coaching. And I left a financial services practice where every year I was in the top 2% of financial advisors in the world. So I, I didn't leave a tiny income. I didn't leave a career where things weren't working out. I left a career where people said, have you lost your mind? But you know, the, the reality is that 
for all of us. You reach that point in time, you're going to have that choice, but you have got to just allow those fears to be silenced and you got to just, just stay faithful and stay passionate and have conviction and just get after it because you all have an opportunity to write your story. That opportunity is coming. Whether you see it now, if you don't see it, keep working hard where you are because that door will open and when it opens, just be prepared to run through it. See, we're, we're, we're all creatures of habit, right? And you must have got comfortable in that life as a financial advisor with that sort of income and that lifestyle. How did you then make that leap? I mean, what was, what was the mental things you were saying to yourself that, you know, to justify that, okay, this is what I have to do? Well, you know, a, a lot of times you hear people say that it's not about the money, right? Well, <clears throat> let, let, let's, let's be honest about this, right? So, it's not about the money. It, that's an easy thing to say when somebody has money. right? <laughs> so, you know, I did have a lot of blessings in my life financially at the time. And my wife's been an executive at Anheuser-Busch for, for years. And so, you know, there were lots of blessings financially. And so, you know, taking that leap of faith, you know, it's not like we didn't have any money. Right. So I, I think that's an important thing. Like you got to save money along the way so that when the door opens, you can go through it. But I'll share something with you. My first year as a full blown speaker and coach, I made more money than I ever had as a financial advisor or doing anything else in my life. So if you're willing to put in the work and you don't focus on the money, great things will happen. And if you're in a period of time where you're not making a lot of money right now, I mean, my first job out of college as a paper broker, my draw was $25,000 a year was my base salary. $25,000 a year. I don't even know how I would possibly even come close to living on $25,000 a year now, right? With kids and private schools and all these types of things. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild, right? But the reality is that's where I was at that point in time. And I was saving money at that point in time. So, you know, you got to build disciplines, you got to have future, you got to have big vision of where you want to go, but save money and prepare for it, right? Yeah, so I guess it's, it's also about having the clarity, isn't it? Like knowing what it is that you, you want to be doing. Um, it seems like you had clarity on the fact that you actually wanted to do speaking. And so what, what was it that actually gave you that clarity that this is actually what I want to be doing? Well, so because I had gotten off, once again, I'm going to give you the, the real story, right? Not to impress anybody, but... I had gotten off to this really fast start. So I was selling insurance and investments. And here in St. Louis, I set some records for sales in the first year for a new advisor. And there was an office in Chicago. At that time, I'm now 26 years old. And an office in Chicago from this Fortune 100 financial firm says, we will pay you $500 if you come and speak to our office and we'll pay all your expenses, come to Chicago and tell us what the heck you're doing, right? So for me... You know, I guess you could call it luck, or was it the fact that I had passion and conviction and hard work that enabled somebody to pick up the phone and said, come share with us what you're doing, right? But let's just go with luck, right? So I got lucky that somebody gave me that invitation, and then the next thing you knew, I fell in love with, this is more than just, hey, let's help that person sell more. This was an opportunity to help people connect to what they really wanted for their lives. And then I got, you know, luckily that first talk went well. And then I had an invitation for another talk and then you do it again. And, you know, now I get to speak about 80 to 90 times a year. Amazing. So now, you know, you're doing it, you're doing it full time from starting off as, as a, a transitionary, um, you know, uh, job almost or a <laughs> career. Now oh, I'm, I'm, a full time thing. 
Oh, I mean, it, it, it's more than full time. I mean, it, it's a uh, it's a full blown business where now there's there's five coaches underneath me. We have a president and COO of our coaching operation down in Dallas, Texas. We've got an individual who runs the speaking side of the business where companies can call our company and hire Hall of Famers and professional athletes and world champions to come and speak or other business, you know, business professionals. So it's not just me anymore. I've been doing speaking engagements 80, 90 a year for the last five years. I mean, it's been a full-blown business. And, you know, now that's the way we're able to scale and impact more people. You know, and so, yep. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say it makes sense to hire other people because if you want to get the message out there, you need to train others or mentor others to do the exact same thing or, or a similar thing. Well, the last time I checked too, there's only 365 days on the calendar, 24 yeah. hours of the day and seven days in a week. So, you know, I, I do love my family time. I take a lot of time for my family. I take a lot of time for vacations and downtime. I build a calendar that does have balance, but I work a lot. And, and, and work is actually probably not even an appropriate word. Word. I don't really feel like I've worked in years. I mean, I have so much fun doing what I'm doing, but I can only be in so many places. So all of a sudden, if Vipple calls me and says, you know, I want you to be in Pittsburgh on, you know, the 25th of June, and I'm already booked on the 25th of June, well, I've got an opportunity to say no, or I've got an opportunity to build a business where I could say, I've got another speaker who will come and do a hell of a job for your company. So I think an opportunity for anybody as you build a business is how can you build a business where you can still get paid to say no? And that's what we're fighting hard to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it because then it allows you to just leverage your skills, you know, on a, on a, mass, on a, on a mass scale. So, but yeah, I mean, just moving slightly away from, from that then, I mean, the, the, the individuals that you train now or mentor now the, in the um, sports space, what would you say are the main challenges they face mentally? Like, obviously we see them perform on TV and the media and you see, you know, you see the superstars, but then you get to see them behind the scenes, you know, what, what adversity are they facing and how do you actually tell, you know, what advice do you give them to overcome that? So here's what's interesting. I'll share with you. They are all human beings, just like you and I, you know, that that's one of the keys to, when you sit down and I've been working with professional athletes since 2013 and you know, they're human beings. They've, they have problems with their girlfriends. They have problems with their wives, their spouses, you know, female athletes that I work with, it's problems with their husbands, right? So it's, it's, they have the same issues that we have. Their issues just come on a field. So whether it's difficulty with a coach, it's difficulty with a teammate, it's breaking through that mental edge of saying, I'm going to approach things differently with my nutrition. I'm going to approach things differently with my daily habits when I go into the weight room. I'm going to break down game film more. I'm having conversations with them about their daily disciplines, just as I would with you if I were to say, what are the areas or aspects of your business or one of your other listeners that cause you to have success? So let's lock in on what those areas are. Let's figure out what daily disciplines you want to improve. Let's figure out what you want to leave behind and let's hammer the daily disciplines that are causing you to have success and let's focus there and let's challenge you to be more efficient and to be better and to grow one day at a time and to win one day at a time on your effort in that space. It's the same thing with an athlete and a business professional. It's just one, one's on a field and one's in a boardroom or, you know, one's, you know, doing what you're doing, growing your business. Yeah, I think that that's just, it's a mindset shift because every, everyone that you look at, regardless of whether they're successful or not, but especially the super successful guys, 
they're, they're almost like put on a pedestal. But then if you think, you know, we're all just humans, we all have a pair of hands and a pair of legs and it, like, it's, they've just done something differently on a daily basis. We've all been given the same time. It's what you do with the time that makes a difference. And, and, and not only what you do with the time, it's what you think about. It's, it's, it's what you think about. It's the vision that you have. It's where you believe you can go. One of the things I always love to say is your success is not just about changing your habits. It's about changing the way that you think. So it's two conversations. It's how hard are you willing to work? What are the daily disciplines? But the other thing is what's going on up here. And for somebody to truly achieve peak performance, it's the combination of hard work plus a great mental mindset that causes you to have peak performance. Yeah, definitely. Those two hand in hand seem like, you know, you could dominate any area of the life of your life that you're looking for. So if, if someone was struggling in the area right now, like for one of the listeners, for example, they came to you and said, look, Ben, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in business or I'm struggling in, in doing well in my job or even like more of a grand thing. You know, I'm struggling to find my purpose. Like, I, I don't know what my motivation is. What would you tell them? Well, first off, I'd say go get your mental toughness playbook because for you, for your listeners, we sell it online, but I'll give you a free link. For all your listeners, you can go to freeplaybook.net and you can download the playbook. And it is the six proven mental training tools that have been put to the test by NCAA champions, UFC champions, Super Bowl champions, champions in sports across the world, as well as champions in business. I've done coaching work with presidents of $500 million annual companies. I've done work with Microsoft, $7 billion solutions team. So we've, we, we've used, utilized these principles at the highest level, and I'm giving them to you for free. And in the playbook, it takes you through a vision and goal setting and purpose and daily habits and everything you'll need to get back on track. The problem with free is that it's free. And most of the time, people don't do a damn thing with something when it's free. And I'm telling you, I am driven by what I call immeasurable impact. And I don't want this to just be you and I having fun and telling stories and sharing things. Like I want there to be growth and sustainability from you and I taking the time to be with your listeners right now. And if everybody gets the playbook, you'll have more clarity. You'll have takeaways, build your game plan and attack it every day. Yeah, definitely. I'll put, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for people to access as well. And the, the other thing I was going to say is how did you actually put together the playbook? Because that's one thing that I actually look through. And I found some of the questions interesting because um, it does force you to think about your vision and your prize fight a day and, and building up the routine and, and what you're going you to do. You did actually today. read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. And, and yeah. it's something that you have to look back on because it's like, you can't just write it and then that, that's it. It just stays in the corner. You need to remind yourself every day, what is it that I'm doing? You know, what is it that I planned for my life, the vision and the goals? What is it all going towards? So how is it you actually came up with that framework? Is it something that came out of the fact that you struggled with? So the first time I was hired to coach anybody was back in 2008. And it was a financial advisor who had this really big goal. He had been an advisor for 13 years. And he came up to me. It was nine months through the calendar year. He had three, three more months to hit his big goal. He was, I think, like 67% of where he needed to be, like on target to hit this goal. And I started building these tools. And it was just stuff that I'd learned from other people along the journey, right? You know, what are you focusing on? And reframing and goals and vision and purpose. And I applied it in that setting. Within three months, he doubled his business, ended up hitting this goal for the first time in 13 years. And I said, ah, I think we're onto something here. You know, and then there were more coaching clients and you try different things. And then when the work started in 2013, I took all these tools and I said, okay, can these exact same tools 
that have worked wonders in business, do they apply to sports, right? You're running as a test. Do they apply to sports? And sure enough, I had the opportunity to work with an undrafted free agent. His name is Will Compton. Uh, he was an, at the time, he was an undrafted free agent out of the University of Nebraska. Fast forward, the exact principles out of the playbook. Same thing that helped this financial advisor. First time with this NFL player. He's now a six-year NFL veteran, just signed a one-year deal with the Tennessee Titans, played five years with the Washington Redskins. He was a captain. He was a starter. And he was seventh out of seven when he showed up as a linebacker on the depth chart for his first training camp. Basically told, you're not even going to make the team. And he's been in the NFL for six years. So I know these principles work, and they've just been developed over time. And then once the success stories in sports and in business came together, then we turned it into the book, which became your mental toughness playbook. Amazing. I'm looking forward for people to actually take part in that and, and to get some feedback on it as well and see how their lives can be impacted as a result of it. And then there's also, there's also the academy. So we have a full-blown academy, which has uh, five hours of video. So if, if you go to, you can share this in the notes as well, to bennewman.net uh, forward slash join you can learn more about the academy. So it's literally me coaching you one-on-one. -on -one. It's like I'm in your living room with you working through these exercises, plus the one-on-one uh, one -on -one interview of me with Jerry Rice for an hour, Tyron Woodley, the UFC champion with an hour keynote. There's all kinds of videos and resources. So <clears throat> I'm in this to help you guys win, but it's got to be a choice for people to want to win more, to want to give more effort, to want to get clear on their purpose and their vision. They got, you got to choose it, right? Nobody's yeah. going to do the work for you. Yeah, it all starts with the decision to actually want to head in that direction and to find out what the answers are in the first place. And, and, to, and to believe in yourself, right? I mean, in, in 2006, I give one talk. I believe in myself. You build a business. Nobody's given, you know, one of my speeches in 13 years, right? I couldn't call you and say, Vipple, I don't feel like doing this one. You go do it for me, right? I mean, it's taken hard work to build this business, but that's the exciting part. It's when you believe in something and you have a purpose and you have a vision and then you see it come true. That's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is there anything you uh, find challenging now? Yeah, I find it challenging every damn day to stay disciplined, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I open up the refrigerator and I want to eat bad. I, I wake up and I don't feel like working out. You know, I, I have phone calls and things I need to make on a daily basis, but I recognize there's a standard that I have to live by. Just like each and every single one of us, it's natural. We want to show up and live to our feelings, right? I want to eat chocolate cake every freaking day of my life, right? But if I eat chocolate cake every day of my life, okay, do you think I'm going to be fit and in shape? And next month I can walk in, I'm going to be doing three days of work with the Alabama football team, right? So that's the best college football coach in the history of college football. I'll be with Alabama for three days. If I was eating chocolate cake every day and not working out, you think those football players are going to listen to me? Not <laughs> a chance, right? So there has, to, there has to be a standard that we live to that's in conjunction with the work that we do and our belief systems. It's a standard. So do I want to eat chocolate cake every day? Yes, I do. But I eat chocolate cake on Saturdays. That's my cheat day. It's, it's, this, it's pizza and chocolate cake and whatever the hell I want. But the reality is live to a standard. Don't allow your feelings to dictate how you show up. And I think through the playbook or if you're currently working with a coach, you know, there's a process, there's a standard that when you live to that standard and you don't try to squeeze results, right, you just allow the process and the hard work 
to uncover the results, you'll achieve more in your life. And that's what living to the standard is all about and not allowing your feelings to dictate how you show up. Well, what, what is it that makes you want to keep that standard so high for yourself all the time? Because, you know, everyone likes to dream and we see, we listen to motivational music and we, we see movies or YouTube videos, right? And then we're, we're motivated for that day or for a few hours. And then it's like, ah, uh, you know, I'll do this next week. But it seems like for you, you manage to keep it consistent, even though the distractions are in your face, you keep consistent. So what, what are you telling yourself or what is it driving you? Well, first off, I, I live through the playbook too, right? So I'm updating my prize fighter day. I have a legacy statement. I'm utilizing the, the exact same principles that I'm coaching people to. And I've created an environment, you know, I gave you that Alabama football example. I have to do the work. I mean, can you imagine if you were a coaching client of mine and all of a sudden we're just kind of chit-chatting at the beginning of the call and Vipple, you say to me, you go, Ben, how's your morning been? And I say, oh man, I hit the snooze button six times, skipped my workout and had a hell of a stack of pancakes. I mean, how, how motivated would you be to listen to me talk to you about daily disciplines. I mean, it's almost like it doesn't work that way, right? So for me in my life, I've created an environment where I, I have to do it. And I think for all of us, once you identify your purpose and your vision, figure out what the environment looks like that causes a have to, right? I can't say, oh, today was so great. I'm not going to do anything for three days. I don't measure myself on the results or this great talk came in or this happened or the talk I gave last week was so great. All I want to do is get better today. And when I get done with today, I want to get better tomorrow. And I think you get, you get obsessed with this relentless mindset that I just want to get a little bit better every single day. Yeah, I think once you start feeling a bit of the results come through and you start feeling good about it, you want to do it more and more and more and more. But it's just about taking that first step to go in that direction in the first place and wanting to change that I think people Correct. struggle with. But I think it comes from the clarity that you said, you know, once you, once you write out and you're clear on what it is you want to do, it, the rest of the steps become easier because you're actually working towards something. You know that your efforts are going in a certain direction. Correct. So how did you, how did you actually get involved with the uh, MFCEO podcast then? Cause that's, that's something that's relatively new to, to most people. Cause it's, I think it's the last few years. Um, yep. and Andy released it. So how did you get involved with him and, and sharing your message on there? Because I think that's the first time I heard about you was when I listened to the, the podcast. Okay. So well, I appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, schedules have gotten so busy. It, it's tough to find the time to get in and, and, and record. But I enjoyed so much all of the episodes that we've done. I'm sure in the future we'll probably do more. But Andy and I are both St. Louis guys. So, you know, first form headquarters is maybe 20 minutes from where I live. So, you know, when you live in the same city, especially a city like St. Louis, it's a very, very small city. And, you know, enough people say, hey, the two of you need to get into the same room. Eventually, the two of you get into the same room. And, you know, that's what happened. Yeah, no, amazing. Yeah, he definitely is a, an amazing guy because you can hear the, uh, the passion and the, and the intensity in, in his voice when he's speaking about the stuff that he's gone through. So, and it's the same with you when you're talking to uh, some of the football teams or on stage, even, you know. Well, you know, I, I think Andy's a great example, right? I mean, this entire conversation, you know, Andy embodies all of it, you know, and, and look at it on a much grander scale than me, right? I mean, his business is doing, yes, I mean, I've got a seven-figure business, but, you know, his business is doing $125 million a year of revenue, right? And so, I mean, you talk about a big thinker, you talk about overcoming adversity, 
but no different whether it's a business that 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 is doing you know seven figures on the lower end or 125 million it's all hard work and you know for andy it started with one store where in the first day they sold seven dollars a product but he believed in where he was going you know for me i had all the challenge and adversity i shared earlier but i believed in where i was going and that's why i said earlier for all the listeners where you are right now is not the end of your story it's part of your story and it may take three or five or 10 years to reflect back on it, but you may look back on right where you are right now and say, thank God I had that experience. What a blessing that I had that experience because it helped shape my mind. It was part of my adversity. It was part of my challenge for me to do what I now do today. Yeah, I think hindsight is always twenty twenty, isn't it? When you look back, it's easier to connect the dots and to see how it all fit in to bring you to where you are today. So, Without question. What's the, what's the best piece of advice you've got from one of your mentors? From one of the individual, oh, from actually one of my mentors? Yeah. Yeah, so, well, first off, I mean, the greatest mentor, greatest influence on my life was my mom. And the greatest life lesson I've ever heard uh, came from my mom. It's not how long you live, it's how you choose to live your life. So your daily choices make the difference. If you're specifically talking about my mentors, it's be honest, be transparent, and be yourself. I mean, I... I I remember the first time that John Gordon, so John Gordon is a New York Times bestselling author. Why? I mean, one of the most famous authors in the world today, unbelievable speaker. And in 2009, we shared the stage here in St. Louis. And it was the first time he and I ever shared the stage live together. And we had about four, uh, about 350, 400 people who were in the audience. And all of a sudden I get done, right? It's the first time you get real feedback from your mentor live, like I just spoke. And all of a sudden, I go up to him like, John, what did you think? What did you think? And he says, Ben, he said, um, you're a hell of a speaker. He goes, but you are serious as a heart attack. He's like, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to <laughs> smile. It's okay to be yourself. You're allowed to have fun up there. And it was one of those things like that's a real mentor, right? You know, a mentor is not somebody who goes, oh, yeah, you're doing great. People, everything's great. You know, no, a mentor is somebody who says, hey, you're doing great here, but man, just relax, be yourself, smile, have fun. A mentor is somebody who gives you real feedback to grow. And so, so for me, I think it's that transparency. It's be yourself, be truthful with yourself. And that's how we grow. Yeah. I think the mentors play a big role in, uh, in our lives because they help you shape the direction of your path in, in ways that you may not be able to see just because they have those years of experience ahead of you. So do you think it's helped shape the, the career or the trajectory that you've gone down? And if that helps help shape, it is the difference. It, yeah. it, it has been the difference. I, I have had a paid coach since I was 25 years old. Wow. I've had a pay. I'm 39 years old. I've had a paid coach since I was 25 years old every month. I'm investing in myself. And now you've got mentors. You know, John Gordon's not my paid coach. He's a mentor. But, you know, there's mentors, there's coaches. It's just that relentless desire. Like, it's one thing to say, I want to get better. It's another thing to say, I'm going to get on the phone with somebody every single month, just like when I was playing basketball growing up, and I'm going to expose the bad spots. And I'm going to figure out where I can grow. And I'm going to figure out what's not working. And I'm going to be truthful with myself. That's a hard thing to do. But when you're willing to go there and to have coaches and to have mentors, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I was going to say, because people, sometimes people find it difficult to find the money to actually invest in what they want to do. Cause they think, Oh, you know, I don't know if it's going to pay off and I don't know if it's going to be worth the money, but what, what is it? Is it the simple fact that you knew that this is what you wanted to do? And so you're willing to pay. <laughs> I, 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 will, better? 
Uh, so, all right. So my first coaching client ever paid me $250 a month in 2008, right? He doubled his business in three months. I think he got his $250 a month worth, right? Now, my fees today are no longer $250 a month. And I'm actually completely booked for my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm not onboarding any new clients. We do have other coaches. But we have coaching programs that are $99 a month for a large group coaching where I actually facilitate that. And it's once a month. There's questions. It's me holding people accountable. And it's storytelling. $99 a month. $99 a month is not a big investment. And I put 100% guarantee on it because what I know is, is number one, people have to invest in themselves. And when you invest in yourself, you get serious, right? I give you the playbook for free. How serious are you going to be? If I give you the playbook and all of a sudden you're being coached by me in this large group every single month, you're going to pay attention just a little bit more. And I'm willing to give 100% guarantee on it because if your needs aren't getting better, you're not growing, I'll give you your money back. I don't need the money. Mm, mm, yeah, no, that's powerful. I think in a group setting and also being being held accountable, you end up putting pressure on yourself almost to actually pay attention and do what's required because you know that there's someone watching over you. So you can't <laughs> slack off. You can't turn your back. But I mean, same thing. I mean, can I get on the phone with my coach and my co her name is Laura Pierce. She's incredible. She challenges me like crazy to get better. I can't get on the phone. With ben, how are things going? Absolutely terrible. I haven't done shit in the last 30 days. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to get on the call and say that, right? I mean, I have her holding me accountable for a reason. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes a lot of sense. So what, what, what do you find that is the hardest thing right now for you as a coach with clients that you have? Well, I, I think the hardest thing is for me is I, I invest so much in the relationship that, you know, the tough days, I'm having them with the clients. I experience the emotion, right? I'm not one of those coaches where I get on the phone and all of a sudden I can kind of work through the problem and I hang up the phone and it's gone. Like I live in the emotion with the client. So I love celebrating the victories, right? But I live in the emotion on the downside of people who are going through personal and professional challenge. So I think for me, that's the tough part is my heart is so big that I invest so much that it's a roller coaster sometimes and it's tough. It's not easy, but I've learned to manage it over time. But if, if, if my biggest challenge is the fact that I care too much, I'll take it every day. Yeah. So you feel like you're almost attached to the person's story. So you're Without question. Person. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. I guess that's, that's one of the things that makes you a better coach because then you just, you come from a different perspective. Like you, because you care so much, your advice almost comes directly from the heart. Well, it, it comes from the heart and I want people to know that we're in this together. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll have coaching clients who they may put a bonus structure on you know the coaching work like hey it's gonna I, I want some additional time from you or whatever it might be and I recently had a coaching client where there were some things that transpired over the last year and his business grew his revenues were up his business grew but what we had set out to do we did not accomplish so I sent him a text message and said I was a six thousand dollar bonus and I sent him a text message and I said I don't think we hit the requirements so don't worry about the bonus Let's get on to next year and let's continue to grow. So I'm literally telling him, keep $6,000 and his business grew. But it's got to grow to the point where we're growing together and, 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 and what we say we're going to do, we're doing it together. It's not just for me to get a bonus to get a bonus, right? I'm, I'm invested with my clients. Mm.
Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good place to come from because then they also feel like, you know, they're, they're, they deserve to be there and also feel like you care enough to, for them to actually take the action to do what it takes because next time they speak to you on the phone or face-to-face, you're going to be asking them and, you know, they, 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 they're going to have to answer whatever you're yeah. asking them about their progress. So the other thing I was going to ask you as well, just out of curiosity, is what, what would you say is the most memorable thing that's happened to you in your journey so far? You've been through quite a lot oh, of experiences. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't ask that there's there's so many man I, <laughs> I, I, I i'll here here's the way i'll frame it to you i i've had the blessing of partying on the field with the new england patriots after a super bowl win and partying at the team hotel you know two national championships with the north dakota state bison um you know the work that i've done with the microsoft i mean there, there's so many there's so many answers i can give you but the real answer is something that i read every single day in my legacy statement and it's not the wins, it's not the losses, it's not the championship rings. It's the moments when I get pictures and text messages from our clients telling us how our work has impacted their life. And to me, that's, that's the most meaningful part, right? It's getting invited to weddings. It's, it's doing the things that are life-based, not, hey, I get this big old national championship ring that I can wear, or, hey, I, I got the party with the Patriots. Yes, that's cool. It, it's, a, it's a very cool thing. Many people never get to do that in their lifetime. But that's not why I do what I do. Why I do what I do is because the running back from that New England Patriots team named me as his son's godfather. That's why I do what I do. Wow. Yeah, that's, that must uh, you know, really hit home and something for you to think about. What, what, so you're laying your head on the pillow at night you know, after all of this has happened. What is it you're telling yourself? Well, my, my wife and I are not the, the model parents for anybody out there. So we've got a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, and uh, every night the children swap. So I, have any, I mean, my wife and I don't even sleep in the same bed. We rotate with the kids. and So I'm, I'm an emotional dude. And so it's interesting that you asked that question because typically the last thought is me looking at whoever, whichever child, whether it's my daughter Kennedy Rose or my son Isaac, it's looking at them. They'll typically fall asleep before me. I'll be watching a game or something. And you kind of give them a little kiss or you look down and you realize this isn't about us. You know, this is, I mean, you talk about your, your podcast and the meaning behind it and legacy. And I love it. It's why I was so excited to do this with you. But you look down and you realize that this isn't about wins and losses. This isn't about championships. This is about leaving the world a better place. It's about just like my mother did with me. It's an opportunity for me to take the lessons that I've learned on my journey from my mom and the mentors and coaches and man to just instill it in those kids and to share it with people that I'm blessed along this journey of life to meet, to hopefully leave them in a better place and to keep them connected to the legacy of the story they're writing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's exactly what drove me to, to want to reach out to you is because I felt I began to feel really strongly about this whole concept of legacies because I see so many people leading their lives without meaning, without purpose, without taking action in in the direction that they want to consciously. They're just leading subconscious lives, you know, just following the herd almost. And to me, it's like, you're going to look back at your life one day when the times run out, either you've done what you wanted to do and you're proud or you're going to have regrets, which, which would you rather have? And, and, that you don't have to wait because the whole concept of legacy, most people associate it to being older, like as you were saying at the start, 50 or 60. And we think about it then. And to me, it's like every day we're writing what the legacy is going to be, you know? So the sooner you can start taking that into control and 
thinking about the direction you want to go, the you know the more longer lasting impact you're going to have. So that's right. That brings me into to the final few questions that I want to ask yeah. you to, to wrap this up. Is with everything you've gone through now, you know, all the experiences, the mentors, the, <clears throat> the knowledge that you've gained, is there anything that you would now tell the 18 year old Ben? Oh man. You know, I, I think there was a, there was a long period of time where I got so caught up in the results, right? I wanted recognition, you know, now, now I recognize you know, it's not the rings, it's not these things, but man, the old Ben, it was the cars, it was the, and, and look, I, I like nice things. I love nice watches. I love nice cars, but I don't do what I do to have nice cars, right? I, I do what I do for the impact, but back then it was, you know, let me work really hard to buy, buy a nicer car. Let me get these ribbons and recognition from some big sales contest and let's compete to win this sales contest. And you know, I wish I would have realized earlier and been more deeply connected to what I know now from the living one day at a time, don't worry about the results, just stay focused on the process and do not worry about what other people think. Just stay in your lane and do your work every day. I think the well, one key thing you said there is about, you know, don't worry about what other people think because people get so caught up in that. It, it literally freezes them into staying exactly where they are without taking action because they're like, well, what is my mom going to say? My dad or my friend or my, or my brother or whatever it might be. And I think when we break out of that mode, you then almost get a sense of liberation or freedom. Like I can do what I want. It doesn't matter what other people think because in the end we're going to die anyway. And so in, you have to live with the decision <clears throat> you made yourself. You know, when you're sitting there quietly in the last few days of your life, it's, it all comes down to you. Did you make the decision or, or, or you didn't, you know? Yep. And, um, yeah, I think people will take something away from that. So the second question is if there's anything you could write, just a sentence or a phrase on a piece of paper that goes in a time capsule and three generations from now, that generation will read it. So your children's children's children, what is it that you would say to them? It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. Janet Fishman Newman, my mother. Amazing. That's beautiful. And that's definitely one of the favorite quotes I'm going to take away from this one because oh, that, that is powerful. That is powerful. Thank you. And the very last one, the whole topic and the whole reason we're here right now speaking, you're at the end of your life now. You're, you're looking back. What's the legacy you want to leave behind? So I, I want to serve a billion people. So my, my, my big thing is to serve a billion people. And some people say, how the hell are you going to know that you did it, right? And so I've got th this grand picture, right? Clarity is power, right? So I'm going to be sitting on a beach. I'm going to be drinking a Budweiser. Remember, my wife's an executive with Anheuser-Busch, so drink your Budweiser. I'm going to be drinking a Budweiser. I'm going to be smoking a cigar, and this little bird is going to come down from heaven, and that bird is going to wink. And that bird is going to be my mom coming down from, from God being sent to let me know that we hit the billion. So, you know, for me, I just want to look back on my life and know I fought like hell every single day to serve those billion people and to make a difference and to help people get connected to what was important to them because we're all writing a story. Uh, amazing. That's a, that's a really great message. And I think it's going to get people thinking about, you know, the vision they want to have right at the end of their life. So Ben, thank you so much for being here today. It's been absolutely amazing. And I think people are going to be motivated listening to this. Vipal, I, I appreciate it. And uh, it's been awesome for me. And I appreciate the opportunity to share with all your listeners and look forward to staying connected with all of you. Oh, most definitely. 
I hope all of you legends enjoyed listening to that episode. For me, that one was all about mindset. Overcoming adversity all comes down to the mental toughness that you have. And you can definitely learn that from the mental toughness playbook that Ben has put together and put to test in many industries. And the link for that is in the description for this podcast. So please download it for free. Take a look. Use it. Now, if there's anything interesting that's come your your way from listening to this please reach out to me and let me know start up a conversation with me at know your legacy on instagram also leave me a review on itunes soundcloud stitcher and spotify and as always you can listen to this um and watch sorry this face-to-face version of this interview on youtube if you want to follow ben and find out more about what he's doing you can follow him on instagram at continued fight youtube ben newman his website is bennewman.net and as I mentioned before, you can get his mental tough, uh, mental toughness playbook and really go through the pages in there because that will get you to think about the bigger things in your life so that you're setting a routine to be successful. Till next time, guys, remember you're only one decision away from becoming a legend. Mm-hmm.